good. That's good. Who's ready? How many feel the presence of God in here today? Feel the ghost. The ghost is in here today. Praise you, Father. I was just sitting there praying and just thinking, and God was showing me that there's people in here today that the walls were pressing in on each side of them. And I could see these walls, they were just coming in. It was almost like a trash compactor kind of, that it was just starting to push you, that you're feeling the weight, you're feeling pressure coming on each side of you. Everywhere you turn, you look, and the wall just keeps coming at you, that it just keeps pulling towards you. And you're just not, you're sitting in a tight spot. You're sitting in some places that you're just unsure of and not know what you're coming from or where you're going. You're just in that squeeze, squeeze mode. How many of you know your work's not done yet? We can push back. We do need to fight back. Those walls will crumble. Those walls will fall down right in front of you. Faith of a mustard seed moves mountains. Move those walls. You're an unfinished product of God, just like they were seen. God's not done with you. The walls that you see in front of you now will crumble and fall to the ground. But you've got to be ready and expect them to. Amen? So whoever that is, whoever whoever that was for, or whoever was in here, or how many of us, I know sometimes I feel that way. The pressures, especially with the world going around the way it is. But those walls will come down. But you've got to be ready and expect them to. How many of you are going to fight? How many of you are going to battle in the spirit? How many are you going to push back? See, this starts in here, but when we get out there, real world hits us. We got to learn to fight, but we fight with God's word. We keep the armor of God on. We don't put it on. We keep it on. We got to keep the armor of God on everywhere we go. So we are prepared to fight back. Amen. Man, thank you guys. That was so awesome. Man, I love our worship. I love our worship. Man. How's everybody doing today? Good. All right. You don't have to stand up through the whole service. I'm going to talk for probably an hour. (laughs) Thanks, sir. Man, that's good. If that worship doesn't light you on fire, your wood's wet. Good gosh. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, how have you been liking the last couple of weeks with being transformed, moving forward in revival, moving into glory to glory? Man, I hope I can do as well a job as the first two weeks were. I always, I hope, I hope. I'll give it a shot. I'm sure if I don't, you'll let me know, won't you? <laughs> All right. So guys, my text scripture today, and we're going to kind of hang in there for quite a little bit, is in Romans 12. In in verse 2, before I get started with that, I just want to welcome everybody. I want to welcome my Facebook family. I want to welcome our online campus family. We've got extended family. We're just not ones in here, so we love you guys. We're praying for you. We just wish you could have been in here with us today, but we are thinking about you, and we we appreciate you and love you as well. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Greg. I'm the youth pastor here at Northern Colorado Cowboy Church. I'm usually in the back room 90% of the time, so if you, if you haven't seen my face, I'm here at church. I'm not hiding out the whole time. I'm just in a different area, so I'm just grateful and thankful and honored to be a part of the pastoral staff here at N3C. 
And just, it's a complete blessing and an honor that they would put into Mark and I's hands to, to come up here and to speak God's word. And, I, you know, I can't do it alone. I have a lot of support, a lot of help. My wife's been putting up with me for I don't know how long now. Well, 33 years, she said. I was just thinking this last week. Why I, was, why I was building this message. I've been kind of grouchy and tense. And it was almost like I just said earlier, I felt at times when I was doing some of this, these walls were kind of just tightening up. And, and I don't think I was responding and acting the way I should as a husband at times. But she apparently has gotten used to it after 33 years of marriage. So I guess I don't know if she, I don't know if she accepts it, but she sure doesn't get on me very much. So I appreciate her putting up with me as well. So, but anyway... Let's get rolling in, in, into this scripture here. In Romans 12, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, there's a lot of meat right there, isn't there? What does all that mean? What, is the, what, is all that, what does all that mean? come to us? Where, how do we apply that to our lives? So in the vein of my pastor, I started breaking down some words. I started looking up some of these words and getting definitions so I can understand for myself. How many of you know when you read the Bible at times, you don't need to raise your hand. When you start reading the Bible and understanding what the true word of God does in your life, you start getting convicted a little bit. Like, oh, man, I'm missing the mark quite a bit. Right? But that's what the word's for. The word, that's that transformation that God's trying to do on the inside of us. Amen? Amen? That's what he's trying to do. He's not trying to condemn us or convict us. He's trying to teach us and train us. Amen. Are we there? Yeah. All right. So here, the first word I actually looked up was conformed. I'm taking these glasses off. I'll see. I'm trying to do this and I can't see very good. The word conformed. I'm putting them... <laughs> I take them off and then I can't read, but then I'm dancing my head around everywhere. So if I look funny, just laugh to yourself. <laughs> Conformed to behave according to socially acceptable conventions or standards. To behave according to socially accepted standards. Whew. How many of us are conforming right now? What are we being taught? What are we listening to? What are we, what are we making and basing our decisions off of? What I found myself when I was looking at some of this and looking at that word and, and how I was behaving in the, in the world with everything going on, I started developing my own truths. I started thinking what I thought was right, of what the world may, may think was right or wrong. That I was putting blame and placing blame on how to, I'm not the one that's, I'm not their, I'm not their judgment. I'm not their judge. But see what we're doing is we're missing out on the standard of truth in here. And we're being conformed to socially acceptable things out there. Now all of us may have a, a different definition of what socially acceptable is. Some things may be acceptable to others. Mark, it's unacceptable for Mark to drink flavored coffee. <laughs> it is what it is, right? That is unacceptable to him. But French vanilla coffee for me? Yeah. Amen. Right? Amen. Uh, see? I won that battle. 
But you see what I'm saying? We're going socially out in the world and we're developing our own truths or our own opinions and we start working off emotions and we start making our own decisions and forgetting about what God says in here. Amen. And it's easy to do, right? It's easy to do. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to, with all this, the, the COVID stuff and all that stuff, and I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm going to walk away from that stuff because it's tough. That's a real deal. It's hit home. It's tough. But what all these rules and all these things are being placed upon us, some of that may not be socially acceptable to me, but it might be for others. But what we're forgetting is what he says. That's being conformed. We're forgetting, we're making our own truths and not, and not remembering our godly truths, our godly standards, our godly spirit, the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of us. We ignore him sometimes. And that starts to conform us to the worldly things. Are you with me? So the next word I looked up, I actually just looked up the prefix trans because it's used in so many different words. And... I had no idea what it even meant. I honestly did. That word, just the prefix, trans, is to cross, through, or beyond. It goes, it expands. It goes across the board. Having translingual languages, English to Spanish, that's across. You go from English to Spanish. You go across that. You're, you're taught that. It, it, it's an expanse. You go beyond what is in there. And I, I didn't know that. So here's, the, I look, here's trans, so here's formed, formed or form. For a person, it's for a person. So I, look, I looked it up in, in accordance for, for people because there's several definitions of, of form. But for a person, it is a shape of, earth, of, of the body, appearance, likeness, the imprint of an object. So that can be physically or spiritually or both. So what, what we're doing, let's put the, so the whole word transformation, transformation, and I know some of you have heard this before, transformation, when you put the whole word together, it is the word metamorpho. That's where we get our word metamorphosis, right? And the easiest one that I can think of is a butterfly. Are, are you getting me? There's a complete physical and not in this case, but there's a spiritual transformation that is taking place. It goes from a caterpillar to a butterfly. There is a complete physical transformation that is taking place. It's the imprint of an object. See, the transformation is a complete 100% change. It's a change of heart. It's a change of spirit. It's a change of thought. It's a change of direction. It can be a physical change. That's being transformed into what God wants us to be. That's where we're supposed to go. That's what we're supposed to do. It's a complete change. Has anybody ever... And I think about this with my wife a lot because she gets it a lot more than me. But I can see God in her. I can see God in people. I can just by the way they act, the way they conduct themselves, by the way they walk, the positiveness, the softness, the love. 
you can see God in people. Amen? That's a transformation that is taking place. That's the movement that God's doing in people. We can see it. It's not just going from a caterpillar to a butterfly and that physical thing is done. You can see the physical change. You can look at that nasty, old, green, pokey, spiny, gross caterpillar. That's disgusting. And then it wraps itself up. It builds a cocoon. It takes himself away. And look at the butterfly that comes out. A complete transformation. Beautiful wings. It's a new creation. That's where God is us. There's a lot of part of me in my life. I was a gross, nasty old caterpillar. (laughs) I don't know why this is not in my notes. It just popped into my head. But look, look, at, look at that object. Look at ourselves as whatever we want to look at that to be. But then look at the end results of a complete transformation, what God will do with you. You are a work in progress. You're not transformed. You're being transformed. You're not done yet. God's still transforming you into his likeness both spiritually and physically. Y'all with me so far? Okay, so let's read this again. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the next portion of of what I was looking at, I was looking at the renewing of your mind. What's renewing of your mind? And that sounds so simple, right? Just renewing your mind. Think on the right things. Just think of what the Bible says. That's not a complete renewing. See, here's the definition of renewing. It means to renovate or to restore, to reinstate the characteristics of God. That's a complete transformation of mind. It's not just trying to, to get rid of the things that you used to think about or, or some of the, the habits or some of the things that you used to do in the past. It's a complete restoration and a restoring of your mind. It's a renewing of your mind in Christ. That's the new. That's the new. You can change your thoughts or your truths, but that's not renewing your mind. You can change your attitude, but that's not renewing your mind. That's not being transformed into what God has for you. To renovate, to restore, to redo, reinstate characteristics of God. So as I was kind of just working through some of this and I was, I was studying and reading and how many of you know, when you, when all of us, when you put stuff together, your Mark always likes to call it. I've got so much information, I'm shooting a shotgun now. But when do I get down to this one little nugget? What, what do I need to tell them, God? What do, I, what do they need to know? What's my bullet point? And as I was just reading and studying and, and thinking about this, and I was actually, renewing of your mind actually came up at the men's events we had a couple of months ago. And it's been settling on me and sitting on me for quite a while. And I've, I've been reading on it and, and, and studying it and, and doing that. And I even, I even talked to some guys up there about it a little bit. And how many of you know, one of the things that, that I know, and I know Pastor Lynette has spoke on this a little bit, 
but the renewing of your mind. So your mind is made up, your, your, your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Are, are you, did you hear me there? Your soul, not your spirit. Your soul, man, your soul inside of you is made up your mind, your will, and your emotions. So God's saying, renew your mind. Renew the characteristics of me. And I got to thinking, is there a battle going on with my soul and my Holy Spirit? Is there battle in there? Is there struggle in there? Am I, am I, is my soul man at times conforming to the socially acceptable things of this world, but my spirit's trying to push him back up and say, no, listen to me. Are you hearing me? Your soul is made up your mind, your will, and your emotions. Are we making our decisions through our soul? Or are we making our decisions through our Holy Spirit that lives and dwells on the inside of us? I know at times I, look, I, know at times I make my own. I work off of emotions. I work off of situations. I work off of that. And sometimes I forget to, hey, God, how, what do you want to do about it? My soul is battling with my spirit. And there's no place for that when the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of my temple, in the inside of my house. There should not be room for that. And, and that's me. That's my fault. Where's that battle? Where's that battle coming from? Are we, are we going over here and being conformed when we want to? And then we come in here and start trying to be transformed again? doesn't work that way we're in a constant struggle we're in a constant battle that's when the walls start putting pressure on us in each direction that doesn't mean that there's hard and trying times and situations that you all been in but where are we getting our answers where are we getting our direction what are we listening to are we working off emotions i'm going to mess this quote up because i didn't write it down but it just popped into my head tracy was reading a, a book uh, a couple days ago and one of the guys that quoted, he said, the longest thing you're going to regret is making decisions in anger. Something like that, was it? I beat it up a little bit. All right, I'll just make it my quote. How about that? The longest regret you're going to ever have is making decisions when you're angry. That's the soul man. That's the soul. That's being conformed. That's doing what the end, what, what, what you're seeing and the situation is bringing forth in front of you with your own eyes and making a decision on it. And God says, renew your mind. Reinstate my characteristics in your decision making. So as I was looking through some of that and just understanding that where's that battle lie and where it comes and like I said, when I first heard this, it was, it was at the, the men's advance in uh, October. And it's really just been kind of on me. And at times I'll study it or I'll read it or something will pop up. And it's been really kind of ironic and funny. Mark's probably thinking I just copied all of off our men's dedication off the Bible app because that's what we've been doing for the last week and a half. A lot of you guys, a lot of you men that are on that kind of know what I'm talking about. But it was, it was every time... When I, was, when I was trying to prepare this or put this together, there were just little nuggets that God was giving me because I was focusing on what he wanted me to do. And then all of a sudden, we get a, we get a men's study that a lot of guys in church are doing. And then it starts coming to me. And then it starts coming to me. And God just kept giving me all these little nuggets because I was listening to him, what he wanted me to do. 
And some of the stuff that, that was interesting, one of the speakers, most of you know, Dr. Jason, that half our church goes to, or all, I don't know, maybe all of us, I don't know. But he was a very well-spoken guy, and obviously being a doctor of, of medicine and, and chiropractic care and all that, he's very, very knowledgeable in the physical aspects of things and, and how the mind works towards our bodies. And it was really, really interesting to me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give you a portion of what I remember. I should have taken more notes there, but I didn't. And it was really, really interesting to me that caught my attention when you take on things in your life or make these decisions in your life with your brain, the physical characteristics or things that may happen in our bodies just because of it. And a couple of them for me personally was stress and anxiety. There's times I get stressed. There's times that anxiety starts to hit in and I've, I've got to release that. I've got to get, get away from that. But stress and anxiety for some people, not everybody, you can start developing joint pain. You can start hurting physically because of something you're thinking with your brain. Are you hearing me? There was all kinds of sorts of things of what he was talking about. I mean, some of it was high blood pressure with, with, with certain things that we do. And it, the bottom line of what it was interesting to me, there was a choice there was a choice that we were making at one side of our brain makes one choice and the other side of our brains makes this other choice. But one side of the brain can, is the choice that we make on our own. The other side of the brain, and, and I'm, I don't have the numbers and stats in front of me like Dr. Jason does, but the one side of the brain that gets stimulated when you start reading the word of God comes out physically. It starts getting pulled through. It stimulates your brain waves and I'm going to beat this up. If you catch me, correct me, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing a bunch. But one side, it physically stimulates your brain. Your, your body goes up when you start hearing the word of God. Amen. Amen. Amen? It physically changes you. And that was so interesting to me. And, and my daughter-in-law is an eye doctor. And Dr. Jason really kind of hit home with me with some of this. So when you look, when you look in your eye... At the back of your eye, there's just a big black hole in the back of your eye. Now, you can't see it, but obviously when they put their scope up there, they're looking clear back in the back of your eye. And what I've found out from my daughter-in-law as well, that she can diagnose pre-disease type things by looking in your eye. Diabetes is, is the main one that comes up to me. You, she can predict, not predict, but she can tell that there are slowly starting to be symptoms for diabetic by looking in your eye. That's amazing to me. So there's a big black hole on the, in the back of your eye right there. And Dr. Dr. Jason, I'll, I'll never forget this. He goes, what is your brain filling up that black spot with? What are you seeing with your eyes? What are you filling that black hole up with? Amen? Amen? There's a black hole back there. What are you filling it up? That blind spot. You have a choice. Your brain will fill that blind spot up with whatever you choose. What are you focused on? What are we focusing ourselves on? What are we getting hold of? 
Are we being conformed and bringing that in? What are we looking through our eye gate? What are we seeing? Are we making decisions out there based off what we physically can see? Or are we standing in faith spiritually and be transformed into the image of God? Are you with me? What are you filling up that blind spot? Are we looking at the world with it? Or are we looking at the word with it? Amen? And I'm taking this from Dr. Two, so... This kind of hit home for me too. It was, it was, it's so simple, but it's so true. God's word changes you from a crisis to Christ. Amen. I stole that too. I plagiarized it. I did remember that one. But isn't that so good? Isn't that so simple? We can look at the crisis that are going around us all day, every day, and all the situations and the decisions we need to make. Are we filling our black hole? Are we filling up that black empty space with a crisis? Or are we looking at God's word? Are we filling up with God's word? Are you with me? All right, let's go to another scripture. Let's go to Matthew 17. All right. So if we're choosing to be transformed into the image of God or being transformed by the renewing of our mind, there's your answer. If you want to be transformed, what do you got to do? Renew your mind. The answer is right there in the scripture. How many of you know you don't renew your mind overnight? How many of you know transformation is a process and it continues to take place in our lives? It's a continual process. God's always, just like the worship team said, it was awesome. God always is working in us. We're all going to be complete and perfect and beautiful one day. I promise you that. We're all going to be complete and perfect one day. I'm still working on it right now. I got a lot to be transformed over still. Amen? Amen. Jesus himself, listen now, Jesus himself was transformed. Jesus himself was transformed. He made a complete change, and we're going to look at it in Matthew 17. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, John, his brother, led them up on the high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. The Mount of Transfiguration, you all with me? He was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. And his clothes became as white as light. His face shone like the sun. Jesus took on a physical transformation. But he was spiritually transformed. How many of you know sun, light, bright, snow? That's the spirit. That's the glory of God raining down on Jesus Christ. That is the glory of God that came down there and the disciples got to see it. They said they saw it just like we were talking about. I can see, I can see godly people. I can see God in, in certain people when they're, when they're walking and conducting themselves, they could physically see the glory of God on Jesus Christ. His face was like the sun and his clothes became white as light. 
the glory of God was upon him. When we are transformed, and when we are beginning to be transformed, we start taking on glory to glory. It's a process. We take on glory to glory. The glory of, upon, the glory of God is upon us right now. His glory is being revealed right now. And just like being transformed, glory to glory. From glory to glory. Now, I'm not going to get into that too deep. But, but listen to me. It's a process. From glory to glory. When you step and being transformed into... Your, when you are moving in forward in transformation, from glory to glory is lying upon you. Glory is lying upon you right now. His glory is being revealed in your life right now. Y'all with me? Let's read 2 Corinthians. Go over to verse 3, chapter 18. And I took this out of a little bit different version, so whatever you, you have, it might read a little bit different. I might have got the right one up there. And with the unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Did you hear that? With unveiled faces. The Lord's glory is on you with increasing glory. In the New King James Version, it goes, it says, from glory to glory. Are you seeing a process? Are you seeing a, a movement? Are you seeing an action that's in, in this? So that word from means right now. You're sitting right now. There's, God's glory is on you right now. No matter what you've done, no matter where you're at, you have been given the glory of God. Amen? So, you're, you're, so from, you just came from, you are currently standing, sitting, wherever you are in life, and you are standing in the glory of God. But that one little word right there, to, to glory. See, now there's an action. Now there's something that you all are responsible for. You want to get to the other glory. In between that's the transformation. You're being transformed from this glory and you're going to this glory. There's an action that we've got to take place to receive the next step, the next transformation in God. There's movement. There's, there's, a, there's something that you have to do. There's an action that takes place. There's a process of transformation. So I want to leave you. Let's go. Let me read Romans one more time. I got one more point here. Are y'all good? And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. At the end of that right there, when I was looking up some of that stuff, to prove that perfect will of God. See, if we don't, 
accept the transformation that God wants to do it, it's impossible to walk in the perfect will of God. Did you hear that? If we don't accept the transformation and the characteristics of God, we can't walk in his will. How many of you want to be in the will of God? We can't walk in his will. So it said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's read Ephesians. Let me see here. Or wait a minute. Where'd I write it? Where'd I write it? In the wrong notebook. I missed it. I didn't write it down. In that one. It's on some other note card, I guess. But I I had something really, really cool to end this with. (laughs) Hey, there it is. How'd you get it? How'd you know? I told you. I told you I had it in my notes. Good Lord. All right. Here's Ephesians 4.17. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now that's not talking about us. They're talking about the people, the Gentiles. We need to be transformed. See, they took on the, the being conformed part really, really well. And look what it did to them. Those are all examples of what happened right there. Understand, understanding darkened. So there you have, their understanding was darkened. That's not renewing your mind if your understanding was darkened. They were conforming to the world. They were conforming to what they saw. They were making their own truths up. They were making their own decisions. Their understanding was darkened. Being alienated from the life of God. So no renewing of your mind. You have no understanding and you're being alienated from God. See, that's not God. God's right here. They're alienating themselves. They're running away doing their own thing. They're alienating, separating themselves from God. Because of the ignorance that is in them. Because of the ignorance that is in them. I can relate to that one a lot. (laughs) Because of the ignorance. That's a choice right there. Stupid's one thing. You can't fix that. Ignorance is a choice. Amen? I don't know why I'm saying some of the stuff I'm saying. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Ignorance can be changed. That's a choice. Amen? We don't have to be that way. We alienate ourselves from God, and then what happens to our mind? We start thinking ignorant thoughts, making ignorant decisions, making ignorant choices. Amen? Because of the blindness of their heart. See, it doesn't say because of the blindness of their eyes. It's the blindness of our heart. It's the blindness of our heart. 
That's where we make our decisions. That's where we make our answers from. That's where we get our life lessons from. Not up here. We renew this so this will take over. Amen. 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 Renew this and this will make your decisions. The spirit on the inside of you will make your decisions. Take the veil off of your heart. Take the veil off of your heart. Are you with me? Let God completely start transforming your life. Amen? I'm going to read this one more time just so it sinks in. And do not be conformed to this world. And I'm, I'm saying this over you. I'm saying this over you. Let's just declare this right now that this is the scripture that we're standing on. Amen? Amen. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's begin the process of transformation because you already started it. You've got glory of God on you right now. Let's go to another glory. Let's be transformed into this next glory. Amen? Amen? Let's be a part of that perfect and acceptable will of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Father, we just ask that you would take the blinders off our hearts. Soften our hearts as a soft flesh. Pull anything away, Lord, that we have consumed or conformed to, that we rely on our decision-making through our hearts, Father. Lord, we understand that your spirit and your presence is in here, Lord, and your glory is shining on each and every one of us. We thank you. Father, begin that next chapter of being transformed into your likeness, Father that we may stand and do your perfect will of God. Lord, open these doors and shut the ones that we need to shut. Push the walls back, Father. Push the walls back out of the way so complete transformation can take place according to your will. Father, I ask right now, if anybody in here has not begun the transformation process. If anybody in here does not know who you are and what you're about, I pray now, Lord, that you would just press that into their hearts, Father. Press it into their hearts. We all need you, Lord. We all need you. So, Father, if there's anybody in here under the sound of my voice that wants a complete renewal of their mind, and a transformation to take place. To repent and turn away. To do a 180 and to run to you. And stand before you under your glory. I ask that you would just soften their heart, Father. I pray that they would make that decision, Father. That they would come directly from the throne room of God. To give them spirit a boldness. An authority. An understanding who they are. Pull the blinders off their hearts, Father, so they can see who they are in your eyes.
not ours. Praise you, Father. So if there's anyone under the sound of my voice, if that's you, just pray that prayer. Ask him to come into your life, to take over your heart, to transform yourself, to renew your mind in the love of Jesus Christ. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for the healings and the processes that are taking place. Father, we just give you all the glory. We give you the honor and praise for what you do and what you're about to do in us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, thank you. Love you guys. Thank you, Facebook family. Thank you, online family. We love you. Thank you for spending time with me. You guys could have done anything today, but you chose to come here, and I hope you got transformed, and I hope my comedy act uh, was pleasing today. Love you all. I'll hand it over to Kenneth.